0: I get open, you know it. Hey Jay, can I get open, you know it. Hey y'all, can I get open, you know it. You wanna floss down, skeez about the show. As I, um, you know, playing like you know, sick and slam a jam, just like.
1: Five, four, three, two, one. Good afternoon, everyone. You're tuned into another episode of Styles and... Dress. We are coming to you live and direct yet again from the Wind Group headquarters in our uh, brand new painted podcast section, which is like all black now. Um, I Yeah. So Wing Group is starting a podcast. Uh, they're going to be doing video, the whole nine, using my rig... Go figure. And, uh, yeah, it's about to be amazing. Anyways, we're back. Mm-hmm. A lot of things have happened since then. Yes. A lot of things to talk about. A few events coming up. Life is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, turns out I got a taste of what my life is like during seven days a week. Yeah. <laughs> you know, literally, I shit you not, seven days a week. I'm here at the office seven days a fucking week because... That's what happens when, mm-hmm. when you own shit. You know, you just got to take care of it yep. continuously until you sell it off. Not saying that's the plan, but, you know,
2: life is crazy. Well, I mean, that's that's entrepreneurship in general is like you're pretty much on call, you mm-hmm. know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So, you know, and for people that turn around and they want to throw some shade towards business people and be like, you know,
0: Oh yeah, you guys are just fucking
2: greedy and trying to gain money in this. And that. you don't understand, like these people put in a lot of fucking work and just to keep, you know, shit that you take for granted, like afloat, you don't understand what's going on in the back end, you know, um, at any given moment. So I think it's just that when people, you know, see somebody that's like driving around in a Bentley or whatever, they think that they're like, Like, they're, like, this decadent person and shit. It's like, no. This is my treat to myself because all I ever do is work. Like, I'm always just getting after it. So, this is my nice little gift to myself. Well, some people
1: don't realize, too, is that, you know, a lot of rich people actually don't really give a fuck about any of the, you know, the toys and whatnot. A lot of them buy into these certain, like, vehicles because of tax purposes. Yep, exactly. um, Or because of the network. Right. So... You know, for example, one of my friends, he's looking to close in on a Ferrari mm-hmm. this coming year because it's going to bring him into, like, a network of people that do give a shit about that right, stuff. Right, But also have, like, a high net worth. Yeah. Where he can generate more business from. Right. And it's it's all, that's what I would say maybe about 80% of a lot of wealthy people do. Yeah. You know, it's. It's just the look. You got to speculate to accumulate, as they say. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just the look. Most mm-hmm. likely, it didn't really cost that much to create, right. you know, whatever it is, whatever toy that they're trying to right. get. You know, it's just it is what it is. You can't yeah. take it to the grave with you, right? You know, but you can generate, mm-hmm. you know, gener- generational wealth right. through these certain items, depending on how you look at it and how you approach it. Are right. they nice? Absolutely. Do they feel good? Yeah, for sure. i probably had, like, mm-hmm. a little taste here and there. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I can say I've definitely ridden a Lambo in my life and a yeah. Ferrari in my life. But do I care about that stuff? No, I don't give a fuck about it. Mm-hmm. What I care about is freedom. Yeah, exactly. You know, freedom to do whatever I want. Yeah. Whenever I want, mm-hmm. you know, and <clears throat> that's what makes the most sense to me. Mm-hmm. So, like, I kind of already have it right now, you know, where I'm not entitled to a nine-to-five job. Right. Like, I, I don't have to do it. Um and that's freedom alone mm-hmm. when you can choose that. Right. You know, at any given moment, yeah, I'm here at the office seven days a week, but I could literally just say, fuck it, I'm just going to go to Florida tomorrow. Yeah. Done it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like, done that shit. Not Florida, but California. Done it. You know, where I'm like, all right, well, maybe I'll go to Chicago tomorrow. Right. And then I'll come back, you know, a week later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's That to me is way more enticing than, you know, uh, a Rolex.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it goes back to like the Jocko Willink, uh, you know, quote of discipline equals freedom, right? It's like if you are that person that keeps on your shit, you're not going to have to play catch up at the end of the year because you're constantly grinding it out. And I, I notice a lot of people that will complain about, you know, um, all these various things, but they're grinding out a nine to five job. They don't like what they're doing. They're not improving their circumstances. And they're taking what they can get, and then they're also, like, upset about that. And you, we have to ask ourselves that magical question, right? Which is, um, it's not always about, like, what outside of us is, like, what the rest of the world is doing. It's how, how we're dealing with it, you know? Um, that happens in dance. It happens even in music, um, when somebody else is like, man, I'm, I'm just I'm not getting I'm not getting any shine. I'm not getting put over. You know, I'm not like with the right groups of people. I'm not playing the right style of music or whatever. And they're complaining about how they're not like you know getting a career out of something. And then the question is like, you know, but what are you doing about it? You know, and the person's like, well, you know, I fucking I make my music and I put it on you know Spotify, but nobody seems to listen to it. And it's like, and then you're turning around and you're blaming the rest of the world. You know, and saying that, like, it's all your, your fuckers' fault, you know, that I'm not successful and everything else. It's like, no, you, you maybe have to repivot. You have to change just a slight adjustment. Sometimes can have this avalanche of positive effects. And business people will find that out too. Sometimes, you know, you got to take a step back to make a leap forward. And you go, man, we, we really, like, uh, we got caught up in, like, a, a bad investment here or a bad speculation here. But, We're not going to freak the fuck out and because we didn't put all of our chips into just one asset or one hope, right? And that's the difference. That's the difference between playing the game versus gambling, you know? And a lot of folks that I know are always just closing their eyes and throwing that Hail Mary and just hoping to God that something, you know, lands. And then they're pissed off when they come up short. And I'm like, well, that's because you're not practicing your throw, You know, you're just hoping that it doesn't get intercepted. You're hoping you don't fuck up. You're hoping that, you know, you hit your target rather than actually doing target practice. And, you know, I think that, like, personal responsibility and accountability is super-duper important. And as much as everybody wants to put it on everybody else and say, well, the government's not doing enough. These people aren't doing enough. Um, This group or that group or whoever is not doing enough. It's like you always got to ask yourself, like, "What, what the fuck am I doing? you know, Mm -hmm. what am I doing about any of this shit? And then you start to notice that once you start to take that accountability and that personal responsibility, it's different than like self blame, where you try to make the whole reason why the world is all fucked up is because of you, right? But you like you actually just have real accountability for yourself. And you know what you can control what you can change and what you can't. So again, you wash your hands of certain things that are beyond your, your realm. And you get very successful. And people like to be around you because you're positive and you're not like bombarding people with like that faux positivity you know it's like usually well one thing i notice on social media a lot of times is the people that are a fucking wreck are also the people that constantly post like nothing but like inspirational quotes all the time and they're always just like you know yes just if you love something set it free and if it comes back it's meant to be and and it's like because they're going through some shit or whatever and then the people that are really kicking ass and just doing, like, amazing stuff, they're very seldomly, like, posting about it. They might do, like, afterwards. They say, hey, you know, I just fucking did this, you know, big uh, festival where I got to play for 15,000 people, and it was really dope, da 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 um, But, like, you see that they're just constantly moving forward. And, you know, they're celebrating their wins, and they're not really, like, mourning their losses too much. They're just constantly progressing, And that's how you move. That's how you train. That's how you create art. That's how you do business is that you can't stop. And just like every time that like something spills, you don't stop and like look at it and fucking cry about it. You know, I mean, it it might hurt. It might suck, um, especially when you get like real bad beats, you know, you lose a loved one or, you know, uh, something financially happens that, you know, just decimates your, your bankroll or, you know, some other tragedy you know that that doesn't mean that you don't have a right to feel bad about those things but i know people that have had like nothing ever happen to them and they are going through a psychological collapse because they can't find their keys it's something very trivial right but it's like fucking just catastrophic to them and then of course they carry that and i see them project it to people and i wait i see them in conversations where they wait for someone to say something and then they go, what do you mean by that? What? Because, and you know, and they want to jump on him and shit. I'm like, motherfucker, this this guy just works at McDonald's. He's just trying to do his job. And you're, because you're shitty in, in life and you fucking suck at life right now and you're letting life chew you up. You feel like you have the right to go ahead and push that onto other people. And I'm like, you need to take a look at you. You need to have self accountability. You need to be able to turn around and say like, yeah, man, I'm in, I've been really, like, in a tough spot right now. I think I need to re-strategize. I need to reset. And that's when you reach out to, like, friends, family, close ones, people who are successful even, and say, you know, I'm trying to figure out, like, how to traverse this maze, you know, that I kind of put myself in and stuff. You know, do you have any advice? And you're very humble about it and you're very open the person will be able to give you advice that you don't like your ego doesn't try to deflect it and say, you know, Oh, what what the fuck do you know about anything? What you judging me? What you think you're better than me, you know, and you, you listen to those people and that's why they're exactly where they're always going to be, which is neutral. They're not going to move forward at all. So, you know, all of that stuff, it's like, it's, it's crazy to watch when then you turn around and you look at people who are just like, you know, they came from bad circumstances. They evolved. They grew. They changed their game. And then they started achieving stuff. And then, of course, when they achieve that stuff, they don't turn around and, like, brag about it and, like, dangle it over everybody else. Like, haha! guess what? I made it. That's how you see people with low character, you know, like, inflated rappers that maybe they finally get signed and they get an advance and shit. And now they're just thinking that they're fucking bawling. I'm like, bro, like, you just got your foot in the door. Like, you ain't the shit yet. You know, wait until you've got 20, 30 years under your belt and you've built an empire and you have your own studio and everything that you do residually comes back to you. You know, then you can do that fucking bragging shit. But at that point, you're already like wise enough to know <laughs> that, like, you don't need to do the touchdown dance. Right. You just you just played the game. You just fucking bought the whole stadium and shit. So I I see a lot of this, uh, a lot of immaturity. um that people have even people that are like in their fifties and their sixties and they're like looking back and they're just like, they feel like life short changed them and they got fucked over and stuff. And I'm like, bro, that's because your, your mentality, you're Pauly from Rocky, you know, you're, you're a bum and you think everybody fucking owes you this shit. You know, you're not taking the, the mindset of Rocky, right? Where it's like, all I want is a fucking chance. If I just get a chance or a shot, I'm going to completely go all in. Because I got nothing to lose and everything to gain. And then that's the stuff that, you know, causes you to win and grow and keep, you know, tasting more and more success or victory and things like that. Because, again, it's like what Vince Lombardi said, right? Like, winning is a habit, but unfortunately so is losing. People can become addicted to that shit. They, they even, like, will hamstring themselves. Like, just when they're about to do something great, they go, well, I... You know what, I decided not to take that uh, that opportunity. And you go, why? That would have, like, fucking changed your circumstances. Well, you know, because of fucking boss telling me what to do or, you know, this or that or whatever. And you go, okay, well, then be happy with your existence that you're going to have. Don't fucking call me and bitch about how your life sucks because you're, you know, on a, a diet of three squares of Top Ramen, you know, for the rest of your life and shit. Like, you had a chance right there. You could have done something. And, um, I think that a lot of people underestimate and disrespect when life gives them a life raft or a second chance or an opportunity to change. Cause they don't feel like maybe they're also like, they may not have like fear of failure and they might feel unworthy. So they sabotage it. They self-sabotage and they go, yo, like I can't do, I don't think I can do this, right? I'm scared. What if I fuck up? Everybody's going to be looking at me and stuff. And, you know, and, and, I think that, like, human beings, we need to really give ourselves more credit. We have this inversion of it, right? We're super inflated with our egos on things like social media. You know, I could be kicking it with you, and then I could, like, quickly get, like, a selfie of me leaning on, like, Marshall's uh, Tesla and then be, like, you know, hashtag ballin' or some shit, right? Like that, right? And everybody's like, oh, my God, Styles, you got a Tesla? And I could completely front. And it's like I put a lot of effort into that bullshit illusion when I could have just like put the equal amount of effort into going out and getting the same thing or achieving something that I wanted and see, and that's what I really get upset with when I look at people that also will kind of buy into that with, you know, they, they see people marketing themselves and putting together like the best dance footage and stuff. I'm like, yeah, because it's just like skateboarding. It's like this is like a compilation of all of their successful shit that they stuck. You didn't see the video footage when they're falling. And that's why like, I love watching Minnesota Joe when he posts footage. Because he's like, you know, you'll see me go off at you know Red Bull or this or that or whatever and see me at like my absolute best. But I'm also going to show you the lab. I'm going to show you when I'm scratching my head wondering what I'm going to do next. Or I'm powering through a shoulder injury. So this is like slow days and stuff. But you got other motherfuckers that are like, I absolutely will not show any of my vulnerability because I'm afraid that if I do that, somehow that's going to make me less. And I'm like, yo, man, like you got to you got to really just like get past all of that shit and just move forward. You know, I think it's all
1: marketing. Yeah, um, that's all it is, whether it be negative or positive, mm-hmm. whether it be inspirational or not so inspirational or bragging or whatnot. It's all right. marketing. Right. It's it comes down to the individual of and what they want in life. Yeah. Uh for me, you know, I don't really post a lot of um struggles on my social media mm-hmm. because that's not the energy I want. Right. You know, there's a time and place for it, mm-hmm. and that's if I need to back my shit up and show people like, hey, it is really not easy right. doing what I do. Yep. And then I'll post about it. Right. Just to give people a point of view, mm-hmm. you know, or reference. Yeah. Right? But for the most part, I don't I don't wanna I don't have I have no interest in posting right. like my struggles. Mm-hmm. You know why? right you know like why why bring that out to the world and have them you know ponder on that yeah when they think of me right you know like fuck that yeah fuck that bullshit you know like there's and sometimes it can come as cli- you know come as cliche because yeah. a lot of people fucking do that nowadays yeah. i see a lot of dancers posting them just like sitting in the wall thinking sweating and shit like that i'm like great motherfucker what, what are you gonna do <laughs> right like i see you're thinking that's yeah. great yeah but what are you gonna do but it's all marketing Nope. Yep. right it's, it's just how it goes um, I mean, people bragging, doing all that shit. That's all fucking marketing. Mm-hmm. I've spoken to a few people where, who I've at first I thought came off as like, you know, egotistic and kind of like up their ass and mm-hmm. shit like that, like narcissist. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, gen- I had genuine conversations about it. And when they explained it to me, they're like, look, dude, the reason why I do what I do is because I'm setting myself up. Yep for what's to come right, and what I expect my or my life to be. right. Yeah, I may come off as egotistical, but do I give a fuck? No, not mm-hmm. really. Because at the end of the day, those people that are offended are not going to matter five years from now. Right, exactly. You know, like their their thoughts and opinions happen today. Mm-hmm. Will it happen tomorrow? Maybe. Will it happen the next day? Maybe. Until they get themselves into some shit, now they're going to be thinking about something else. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So... I think of that. And I'm like, well, wow, that's a different way to look at it. Now, I don't, I don't, don't agree with the way they do their things. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's just not my style, right? Right. You, you have to pick your style at the end of the day, yeah. And you have to know what's best for you right. and what you bring into your world, right? So, it's an interesting thing to to really look at and mm-hmm. to really think about, you know. And it's all perspective, right? But like for me, I, I just like posting. About having a good time. Yeah. Or enjoying what I do. Or just, like, you know, bullshitting about things. hmm Just, like, I don't know. When I think about my posts, a lot of it's, like, fun shit. Right. You know, is it always fun? No, not really. Mm-hmm. But do I find a way to have fun? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I'm, like, the comedian, but not a comedian. Right. You know, like, my life can be in shambles, but I somehow find a way to, like, make fun of it.
2: Yeah, because the the thing is that like like what i point out to people too is um and i i knew this just from personal experience and growing up and shit um especially because i was like a big history buff um is that no matter where you're at we gotta pause here all right we're back we are back yes um let's see we were in the middle of a uh, caffeine induced rant about uh, all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, No, like, I think I remember what my point was. Um, I think that perspective is super important in any type of endeavor that you do. And I think I was going back to saying that because I'm a history buff, if you let it, you can kind of be capsized because you can't enjoy anything, right? Because it's like, well, while you're looking back on something... You know, sometimes people go, oh, yeah, like the good old days. And then you say, oh, yeah, but the good old days, there was also some bad old times as well, like around parallel of that same situation, mm-hmm. which is true. Um, but what kind of happens is if your focus determines your reality, then all you can ever see in anything is nothing but negative. Right. Which in turn, it poisons the vessel that it contains, which is like your mind and, you know, your attitude. Um we see that all oftentimes, like, especially when you go out to jams and events, when somebody will just decide to be all, like, you know, jumping on a soapbox about, you know, it could be any issue, any world issue, right? And it's like, yeah, but we're all here to dance and celebrate, you know, good fellowship and... Having a good time and, and, you know, connecting with each other. Some of us we haven't seen in like years, and it's nice to be able to get together and like vibe out and dance. Even though, yeah, something fucked up is happening on the other end of the planet or down the street or this place or that place. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's happening. So, but you're bringing that with you is kind of. It's killing that moment where you could decompress, so you can be, you know, braver and more capable to face that situation when you go back to it, or you know, maybe you see it with a fresh pair of eyes. You were like, I'm really angry about this thing, this issue that's going on, but then after you got to go out and club, or you know, go to a jam, or have a DJ session with your homies, or write rhymes, or do something, you know, creative and uh, positive, then you can kind of come back to it and say, all right, well, you know the world can be a very mean and cold and hurtful place, but it can also be an amazing place. There's a lot of people that tap into potential and they achieve things and it's not always just relegated to, you know, the haves and the have nots, right?
1: Comes down to your atmosphere.
2: Exactly. You know, so like, um, oftentimes, uh, like, like a good example of that was when I went out to California and you know, I'm out in the Bay Area where there's a lot of um, uh, there's a lot of like clear lines of um, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, not desperation, um, but like real clear lines of like like poverty and suffering. And then simultaneously, you also have like opulence, right? You have somebody that's from big tech that has this massive house, and they're you know out there like overlooking the Bay. And then you drive like right into downtown and then you see a couple of, you know, cats, you know, smoking fentanyl a lot of a stem right there on the fucking street, you know, or you're avoiding stepping in, you know, homeless shit, you know, it's like, so, you know, but, but that's like the yin and the yang of existence in general, right? Is that you, I think a lot of people misallocate um, intention with that. They think that because you're successful, that means that you don't give a fuck. Or that, you know, you've kind of done away and you're like distancing yourself from, you know, the failures and, you know, the losers and shit, right? And, you know, there are some people that do that. There are some people that, you know, they they come up in in cast and all of a sudden they immediately like forget where they came from. And they want to just dismiss everybody else and be like, oh, yeah, you guys are a bunch of pieces of shit and everything. But it was only because you lucked out and you married a lawyer and you know mm-hmm. or it was you lucked out and you know you showed your butthole on OnlyFans and now you're making like seven figures and shit right it's just like you know you can figure out some sort of a hack mm-hmm. you know and like the, figure out a way to like hack the matrix and then that's where like you kind of lose sight of yourself and you're like oh I fucking I'm, I, I can do no wrong I've never I've never suffered I've never tasted bitter before and there's other people that keep that in perspective that's how they keep that balance and they stay humble Because they say, well, you know, as easily as I got this, I could also have it taken away. So I got to enjoy it and respect it and uh, nurture and nourish it. Kind of like you're, you know, maintaining something rather than just going, you know what? I got this beautiful house, but I'm never going to like mow the lawn or fix things around here or do anything to, you know, upkeep. So eventually, even the most beautiful houses, and you see this with a lot of people that like win lotteries and shit, and they'll get some baller ass crib. And then they spend all their money, and then the house just goes into ruin, and eventually it gets foreclosed.
1: Yeah, because they forget that they have to pay taxes. Yeah,
2: yeah, <laughs> you know, and you're like, so you know, we have to, we have to keep all of this stuff in perspective it's really a balancing act and i know a lot of my other friends that laugh about it because they're like oh god styles for as cynical as you sound sometimes you're very fucking hippie and altruistic with your it's all about balance man it's all about balance but But, it it really is it's the truth ruth you know it's all about fucking balance right
1: and no one's perfect so i think as human beings we strive to find that balance Mm -hmm. because i don't really know who has that Honestly, nobody has balance, but we strive. It's right. it's good to strive to can to try and find right. it.
2: Well, you know? and it's it's that thing too of like you know, we hit it. This is this is part of what I talk about with like flow state, right? Is you know, even just the message kind of our mission statement with what we're trying to do is we're trying to take people to that place of like weightlessness when they dance. And people that don't even dance came out to our parties and have like listened to our music and go fuck bro like this is like this is different this is interesting like I'm not even like a house head but you put me on to this shit I'm like captivated by this because the way that you guys blend your track selection the people that are dancing here we don't see this when we go bar hopping or you know clubbing you know down in Minneapolis and and whatnot. and it's because that's that that place that that place of balance right Mm -hmm. it's like the music is right the lighting is right the ambiance is right um, people's intentions are right. Everything is just like there, right? And there's other times where we've gone out to places where it was like everything but, right? Like it was really cool, uh, real cool, like DJ lineup, uh, good lighting, great sound. But then some assholes that just came in right off the street that they were just looking for some shit to fuck up, right? And that was like the that was like the thing that imbalanced the teeter totter, right? And now the whole night is kind of shot or it's skewed because there's these, you know, roughnecks that came in and just started, you know, trying to like aggressively grind on chicks when that wasn't, this isn't that kind of party. This isn't that kind of vibe. Then there's other times where you can go to those places where it's like, just like hellified, just grimy, gully, you know, kind of music and shit, you know, and everyone's having a blast, but it was because of the balance, right? Right. Nobody got shot. Nobody got stabbed. People were like, <laughs> "Yeah, they're just there to have a good time." Exactly, and you know, so I think that like, you know, when you when you think of that, it's not about. Um, I always worry, especially like as a dancer. Um, sometimes I worry about if I'm, if I'm like if I'm hitting a flow too early. Like I didn't like warm up to like get into it. It's just it's already there, and I don't respect it. I'm afraid that I'm going to, like, somehow, you know, backpedal or, like, lose my my place. So I always try to be more conscious of that than what's the next big, dope, impressive move I'm going to try to do. Or how am I going to fucking, you know, burn this person if I'm, like, rocking against him or whatever. I try to really, like, focus on how to stay completely, like, in that moment mm-hmm. and say, okay, I'm feeling weightless right now. So this is where I can start to become creative. But I'm not going to become, like, arrogant with that shit and try to do some shit that is just like nonsensical, and think that it's just going to land and be perfect. It's like no, you have to kind of feel like a pull towards it, and you say, you know what, this would be a good time for me to do this. Yeah. You know, for me,
1: like when, when I, whenever I'm dancing, as of lately, the only time I ever really try, I ever really get technical in my head is if I'm competing against yeah. somebody, right? But if we're like at a party, like house proud, mm-hmm. you know, or even flow state, or yeah. even. You know, just of now, uh, the escape room. Mm-hmm. I just don't really think. Yeah. You know, I, I listen to the music and I find a way to enjoy the music. Yeah. If, even if I don't really like the selected track. Yeah. I find a way to, to play around with it. Right. And whatnot. Because, you know, I don't really care about the people in the room. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, they're just there to dance and have right. a good time. As long as people are having a good time, it's all that matters. Yeah. I went to the um, My 2000s Playlist concert on a Thursday last week. Mm-hmm. And there is just, like, a shitload of people. You know, there are, there are artists like Ashanti, Ja Rule, T.I., mm-hmm. um, and Nelly. You know, they, they all performed, and they did a killer job. And, and if you know these artists, they had a lot of big hits, mm-hmm. like, in the early 2000s into right. the mid-2000s. And still today, like, T.I. hits, puts out a lot of good hits, mm-hmm. you know, because a lot of them have learned to to um, evolve and transition and dabble with, like, the EDM right. world and whatnot. So a lot mm-hmm. of them have stayed relevant. Yep. Where Nelly has, like, stayed relevant in, like, the country music world, Mm -hmm. which is odd, but it works. Yeah. Um, Well, you know, around those times in the early 2000s, there were a lot of fights, gangs, all that bullshit. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it revolved around, you know, that type of music. Mm -hmm. But people were just there to have a good time. And people that were there were, like, around my age, around our age, or maybe even older you know, I had a joke. I was like, "Dude, all the babysitters and grandmas like put in time tonight because they're all watching the kids, yeah, and shit." And there's like a shitload of baby mamas and yep. fathers and stuff here right now, just right. having a good time. And it was such a good vibe, right? That I don't think there was any violence at all, yeah. And this was at the Target Center, yeah, where like you would think like someone's going to pop off on something because they're going to get a little too drunk and they're going to reminisce right. about those days and you know they're going to mouth off. No. No, Not a single issue that I've right. seen. And, you know, when we were up in the suites where we could see everything and mm-hmm. everybody, and I was, like, looking for shit. I'm like, I wonder if something's going to pop off. Right. And Nothing. Right. So it's all about just having a good time. Yeah. Being respectful, being mindful, mm-hmm. but having a good time. And right. just enjoying the atmosphere, enjoying people around you because, I mean, you look at what's happening in the world and shit, it could be worse. hmm You know, and not saying that it's just today. Mm-hmm. You talked about history back then, the good old days. Yeah. While we were having the good old days, someone was probably getting their head cut off. Yeah, that's... You know, like, but, but at the same, by the end of the day, it's all about the atmosphere. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. And, you ta- and then, so, kind of just going off of what you were just talking about and stuff like that, like, you know, for people that, there, there's that saying, is if you want to be good or if you want to be in a certain place in life, surround yourself with people who are there or yeah. striving to be in that certain position right i think some people take that take that in a different light mm-hmm. you know because for me like if i whatever it is i want to be good at i'm going to be hanging out with people that are good at that or that are striving to be good right. at that that are open to it you know mm-hmm. if it's djing yeah i'm hanging out with you and ty right i'm not just using you guys for that very reason we ha- we obviously have like a genuine friendship yeah where that's that's second mm-hmm. to what we already have. And that's right. just how I am as a person with everyone I interact with. Right. I got to like you first. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of fucking dickheads that I don't like that are amazing DJs, but I will not yeah. fucking hang out with them. Yeah. You know, like, fuck them. Right. Or like, you know, if it's in golf or real estate, you know, there's a lot of people that I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of I mean, them. Right. I just don't like their personality of them as a person. So I'm like, fuck you guys. Yeah. I'm going to hang out with people that, you know, that I see eye to eye with and right. that I get a good vibe from. hmm that might be really different from who I am, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day we have a common thing which is called respect right so when when people when that when that when people bring that saying into play, where it's like if you want to be good at something hang with people that are you know surround yourself with others that are in that position, I think that the person that does that because I 'm one of them mm-hmm. we don't necessarily want to leave any of our friends who aren't on that same boat or aren't in that same vision behind right. We just need... We're not leaving anyone behind, you Mm -hmm. know, as as me. I'm not leaving any of my friends behind that don't want to be successful in real estate. Right. I'm just working. Yeah. You know? And at the end of the day, what I think with a lot of those people that feel left behind, I think what they're mistaken is that it's only a one-way street. Right. You know, where... Well, fuck that. You know, that person's making it to the top. They're they're doing their thing in real estate and blah, blah, blah. They're no longer hitting me up. Yeah, motherfucker, because it's not just a one-way street. It has right. to go both ways. The,
2: it's the poly mentality again. Yeah. It's like, you know, you see that shit of like that animosity and that resentment towards, you know, how he was feeling towards Rocky when Rocky became successful. And it was like you saw that shit and you go and he's like, you know, what about me? What about me? And he just finally, he had to check him, you know, and it was Rocky three when he fucking was swinging on him after he just bailed him out of uh, jail. And, uh, and he was swinging on him and shit. And, you know, rock was just like, you know, you, you, um, you blame the entire fucking world for your circumstance. And you don't take any kind of accountability and you are a selfish and uh, jealous bum. And then, you know, he starts, like, fucking swinging on him and everything. And then finally he got tired. And then he's just kind of like, go get a job. Well, <laughs> he's what, like, yeah. what, What's stupid about that, that whole scene, too, with, mm-hmm. on Polly's end is that,
1: mm-hmm. dude, he didn't leave you on the street. Yeah. He fucking gave you yeah. a nice room in his mansion. Yeah, exactly. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> right. he, like, fuck is your problem? Right. You know, like, I think you just feel like a loser. Yeah. That's what it is because you're not doing shit. Right. All you... Pff, it took you how many swings and getting drunk at a bar and smashing a pinball machine to finally ask for a job?
2: Yeah, and and that's that's the thing. It's like um, I've I've done this a lot lately with people. Um, you know how like they they say like honesty is the best policy. Well, I notice that a lot of times when somebody wants something, they if they reach out to you, they want to talk about everything but the thing that they're there for. Right. So I was like really just about. Just cutting through the shit. So somebody hits me up, and they're talking about the weather, and they're talking about everything else. I'm kind of like, well, well, what's what's up? You know, like you're hit. You don't hit me up for anything, and then all of a sudden now you're hitting me up right now. And then the person finally breaks down and they say, well, you know, I'm having a tough time or a rough go of this or that or whatever. I'm feeling fucked up or I'm feeling lonely or I'm feeling whatever. And it's like, okay, cool, let's talk about that. But oftentimes people will project. And it'll be like, let's say, for instance, I hit you up and you say, you know, uh, and I'm, I'm just calling just to shoot the shit. And you're like, hey, man, um, is this like is this like super important because I'm just about ready to, uh, you know, um, help a, a new potential tenant. So I've only got about five minutes. And then all of a sudden I get defensive and I'm like, yeah, fine. No, that's cool. Whatever. I don't care. You know, fine. Go go fucking do your thing, bro. I guess I, I see how you are as a friend. Right. It's like, cause I wasn't direct with you and saying like, yo, Hey, what up Oz? Um, this is styles. Um, dude, you got some, do you, do you got like, you know, some time to talk, man. I'm, I'm in a really fucking bad place right now, homie. And you're like, listen, I'm just about to do some work shit right now, but you know, are you free after five? Can you call me back? You know, or can I call you back? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that can, you know, kind of, can you hold out until then? Right. Um, but we, we have this real bad habit as human beings where we take shit so personally, like we make it where it's like you, it's like, I'm blaming you because you're living your life. Like you're not putting your shit on pause to wait for me to walk in the door. Like it's a sitcom. And then now the scene starts because I'm here, you know, I slide into the door. Now everyone you hear the cheer and everything. Now it's about me. Right. It's like I have to understand that, like, once that door opens or closes, you know, life is going on past and beyond me. And um, and I also have, like, reiterated that to other people that have done shit where they've tried to project or blame or, you know, be petty or, you know, even like when it comes to DJing, right? It's like I'll go out and I'll, I'll have a gig and I've had uh, some people that would kind of put some shade on me. Like, oh, you know, they're DJing. What are you fucking DJing or podcasting or house dancing? Yeah, because that's what I'm passionate about. I love to do it. And, you know, that's what I'm into. And the person's like, okay, fine. I guess, uh, you know, you don't have any room in your life for the little people. (laughs) And I'm like sitting here going like, I'm not getting on a private jet and circumnavigating the globe on tour making millions of fucking dollars. It's just that you decide that you want to like sit, you know, in wherever situation you're in. And just exist in that. And then you want company. You know, and that's that kind of that, that joke that Charlie Murphy talked about with Rick James, right? About the abyss. The abyss is real. You got motherfuckers that dwell in that shit. And if they can get a, a, a just a, an arm, if they can just fucking get your the, the back of your coat, they can try to pull you as hard as they possibly can into a miserable state of existence. And then there's like so many people that felt bad right like they're like oh well you know this homie or this person is like reaching out and stuff so i figured i would go and i would help them and then pretty soon it just becomes like a thing where you realize now you're sitting there side by side with them smoking fentanyl on the street like how the fuck did i get here Mm -hmm. you know and it's because we don't if we don't have that sense of like self-balance we don't really we can't really tell when the weight is starting to move right you notice that it's the shit starting to shift to one way and you go Oh, oh, okay. I know what this is. I need to overcorrect or counteract this, and you know, say, "All right, man. Well, um, I can't hang with you in this particular situation." But what you try to do is you try to trick them almost, like you try to get them to come into your your uh, sphere of existence where there's like positivity or safety or love or respect or other people that maybe can be inspiring. And then that person kind of walks around and goes, "Damn, man, this is like I, I don't get this in my." In my neck of the woods, I get nothing but, you know, a bunch of Paulies sitting at the end of the bar talking about how you're a fucking loser and you're never going to leave this place. And this is coming from another loser, right? So all those people, you know, if you're not careful, man, that, that shit can really, it can be so heavy on your soul, especially when they look to you. Just because you're successful, they look to you like it's your fault that they're in the position they're in. They didn't just spend the last like thirty years of their life, you know, tanking their existence with their bullshit, or maybe they were passionate about something and they decided to quit, or give up, or you know, think that they're not good enough for something again. Self sabotage. I do a lot more people that have been destroyed by self sabotage than have been by uh, being defeated. That's the that's the fucked up part, and that really breaks my heart because. And I knew that even just as like a as, as a young kid, you know, um, growing up in uh, in Crystal and then moving to uh, the booney burbs of um, Chisago, where I saw people, and I thought at first I thought the cities had something more, and then once I got up to like the country, I was kind of like, oh, all these hay seeds and you know da 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 da, but it was all relative. I was like, it's the same shit down in the cities that it is up here. It was just that I just had access to more. Stuff I could bike anywhere I wanted to go. I didn't have to rely on cars. I wasn't, you know, cocooned by a a series of highways and country back roads. But I started seeing that same mentality. And even when I came back to the cities, I started seeing people that are just like that. They're townies that don't really reach beyond, you know, like their arm length in life. And then you're going like, damn, dude, like, I used to like look up to you. I used to fucking admire you. You were like the shit, and all of a sudden now, you know, you're just kind of burnt out, and and it's it's a tragedy because you were like you were the person that got me into dancing, or you're the person that got me into this music, or you're the person that taught me to write rhymes, or you know any of these things. And then you watch how sometimes like people will just throw in the towel and say fuck it, and then you meet other people where they were the one that like they kind of planted that seed. And then now they're super impressed and they're they're stoked when they see you again. They go, man, like it's been twenty years, and I see how you've like evolved. Like you you took that little thing I, I let you like play on my turntables for you know a couple uh, days out of a out of a week, and now look at you. You're you're gigging. You're a touring DJ or you're opening for this group or you play for this this group or whatever. You produce, and it's like yo, I'm so fucking like stoked about that, right? And that's the stuff that's endearing. That's the stuff that gives us that fuel to continue to succeed is, you know, people that encourage you. But when you watch those people that try to take you down because they are like, well, how come I didn't get my shot? Or what makes you so fucking special? And it's like the only thing that makes that person special is the fact that they, they don't stop, you know? They they keep going. That's the, the, the jujitsu quote, you know, about what is a black belt. It's just a white belt that never stopped, right? And we... I think a lot of times, like when um, when I watch these people, you know, I'm I'm always very leery of the Paulies because I've even felt it within myself. I felt myself hamstringing and you know cutting myself off at the leg, and then there was like a point. There was like a paradigm shift, and I don't know why. I always seem to like I always seem to have like these like stark reality checks, like really like quick and like they're dramatic, like a like a ice bath. Right, it's just like boom. And then I just make this pivot. And it goes from everyone going, oh, we thought you were this. And then all of a sudden I change. I like I just make a different direction. I go someplace else. And everyone goes, well, how come you're not at the fucking bar? And what happened? Well, I'm out doing my thing. And it's like, how come you didn't tell us about that? Well, I'm like, well, because I'd do rather... I have, do I have to? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'd, I'd much rather be out there achieving it than sitting on my ass talking about how I want to do it. Well, it's like, you know, you'll...
1: We'll tell you when it's done. Yeah, you know, like right. why fucking continuously talk about what I'm about to do? I'll mm-hmm. we'll tell you when it's done. Right. Unless you're a part of that, unless you're, you know, you're a part of it, mm-hmm. then you know, then yeah, obviously you're relevant in the whole situation. Mm-hmm. But until then, dude, you'll you'll hear about when you hear about it.
2: Yeah, and you know, we do that with um, even with our dance. It's like it's it's so funny to see people civilians that try to like jump into our world and they just they watch us and they just go like what the fuck is this like you guys have like this like it's just like this unspoken thing i mean we do talk about dance we do talk about like our aspirations or goals or this or that or the other but ultimately at the end of the day if we're together at a practice session we're practicing right and they're kind of hoping that it's going to be like um like fantasy baseball or something like that, right? Where all we're doing is talking about the achievements of other people, but we're not actually playing the game, like the real game. We're just like, oh, yeah, that guy fucking sucks. That guy's awesome. You know, we're trading cards and we're talking shit and all this other stuff, right? We're memorizing stats. But you're not really doing the same exploits as that ball player who eats and sleeps and breathes their game. And then you have the balls to turn around and say, that person's phoning it in. Or that person, you know, oh, he's a bum this year. Oh, yeah, he's, he's fucking, uh, he's he's whack or whatever. And it's just like, guess what? You know, what are you doing <laughs> currently? Mm-hmm. You know, you're sitting here watching Monday uh, uh, Monday Night Football and you're bitching about, you know, this guy, you know, he's a crybaby and he's, you know, oh, yeah, he's fucking taking a knee and everything. It's like, why don't you get into the NFL? And then you can do whatever the fuck you want to go do. There's something, so it's,
1: it's like how you just gave that example it's interesting because yeah i agree right i'm like yeah uh it's a lot easier to sit behind a tv and talk about it right or a keyboard or anything else right, so. right? Ab- absolutely but there is this argument that um that i heard a while back and he was like yeah sure you know it it is easy to sit here behind a tv and and bitch about why these guys aren't scoring a touchdown or mm-hmm. why that person got choked out. But my, their are arguing behind us like these guys are getting paid millions of fucking dollars, millions and millions of dollars. We deserve to see a good performance.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's no, that is true. You know,
1: like the, this is what they do as a profession. Mm-hmm. Like these are professionals. Like we deserve to not see someone give up. Yeah you know like we're fucking fans we're behind them 100 percent. like respect us too right just like how we respect you and put you on a pedestal Mm -hmm. and and when i heard that i was like damn that's fucking true yeah you know but it's 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 a it's a double-edged sword oh yeah because no one's ever going to be impressed no one's ever going to be happy until somebody wins yeah
2: well and and to add to that too um you know, and and I agree with you a thousand percent because there there is that difference between a person who just like you lost because the other team was just better than you, mm. but you still gave maximum effort. You know, right. like they say, it's, it's not what it was. They, a, it was a good game or it was a good fight. Yeah. It wasn't like you just got blown the fuck out. Right. And then you've seen other times where we've seen prima donnas that would, you know, go out there and they would think, you know, that the person they're battling is like beneath them or the music wasn't. Up to par, so they didn't dance um, the way that they they could have, right? And and like and you and you kind of watch them, and eventually you get to a place where you kind of just see that that person. They they almost do like the Roberto Duran, you know, the real famous no mas um, that he did when he was just getting tuned up, and then he didn't want to come out of the corner after the the first round. He was just like he was already done, and he's just like I don't want to come out of the corner. He's like no no more, you know. And everyone's like what the fuck, you know. Um. So so yeah, so I. I I agree with that point as well and and I think that again it's it's a balance it's It's a delicate game where you have to know what people are going through when they're you know doing the thing that you're supporting. and the same thing with like the people who respect and love the fans because they say, well, I don't get paid millions of dollars if you motherfuckers don't fill the arena mm-hmm. right. I don't get paid millions of dollars unless you guys buy that pair of Pumas that I am endorsed by or this or that or the third. Mm-hmm. So you have to understand it's a symbiotic relationship. Yeah, it's you a know? balance. I think one thing, too, that also
1: helps is those interviews that happen after sports, yeah, you know, after um, games or mm-hmm. fights or whatever, like when they interview the fighter or the mm-hmm. player. And then the simple question is, what happened? Right. And it's nice when they're actually honest, like, dude, my head just wasn't in the game. Yeah. You know, like, that's, that, I love honesty from athletes. Right. Because, you know, it's like, they're just like, fuck, man, I fucked up.
2: Yeah. And, and it's, it's really dope when you do have, like, those people who will turn around and say, with, um, they they won't turn around and be like, oh, well, you know, it, the AstroTurf wasn't this, or, well, if was that stupid ass ref, or this or that, or, you know, the fact that we're not playing a home game, we're playing an away game. It's like, you're pawning off all this other shit on everybody else rather than just like stopping and saying like, yeah, man, I'm just, I'm having a rough go of it right now. Or, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm doing, you know, I mean, I was, I I put in an effort, but I don't really feel like I did my best. So I'm going to have to, you know, re strategize. I'm going to have to like kick into gear. And like, like yesterday was a good example when it came to DJing, um, uh, shout out to, uh, uh, Dan, um, uh, he's a Jeff Swift sound guy mm-hmm. from um, uh, who has like the big turbo setup, you know, for house proud um, Dan and also Vlad had a um, shared birthday. So they decided to just do like this kind of house party and just have like an open deck and just play. Right. And I did the same thing there that I did um, uh, like a month and change ago when I was at the rock bar where it was open deck low expectation, no expectation, but I played as if I was playing for, you know, my core audience of people that I, you know, like to vibe out with and stuff. Right. I just, I played honestly, I didn't phone it in and go, I don't know what the fuck to play. Here, here's some bullshit. Here's some, this, here's some, that, Oh, everyone else is playing some fucking big room, uh, drum and bass or EDM or whatever. I guess I'll just kind of follow suit and keep that vibe. No, I just decided to take it into a direction that I like, mm-hmm. That I figured people would like. If if I'm if I'm fucking with this and I feel it and it inspires me and moves me, maybe it might do the same thing for these people. Mm-hmm. And I went from like um, going back to that that first one, that open deck. The dance floor was like kind of like patchy. There was like a few people that were moving around to like really hardcore stuff. And then when I started playing, everyone fucking moved <laughs> up, mm-hmm. right? And shout out to because this is going to be the place where we're going to be doing our uh, um, our January sixth. Uh, uh, flow state, so uh, we'll, we'll uh, put some information on that in the uh, description for the podcast. But um, but yeah, so like it, and it was like it was dope. It was like I'm actually giving people a show, and you know, it was no, nothing nothing to brag about in the sense of like, oh yeah, you know, you fucking walked away with like six hundred dollars, and you know, just this, you know, it was just like a real, just like low expectations. But I gave uh, maximum effort, and because of that, people were vibing off of my sincerity as much as they were my music. Same thing happened yesterday. I'm only playing for like God, maybe maybe less than maybe less than ten people, right? It was just just, you know, it was like a it was just like a little house party. It was like finger food out there and everything, and, you know, we had the setup uh going. Didn't even have a sub, right? It was just a, a set of uh twin JBLs and everything. And I just started playing like Vlad was playing a bunch of uh, house music and he was playing like uh, really like dope, uh, lo fi and ambient kind of um, uh, stuff, like a lot of like Glenn Underground, mm-hmm. you know, and like real jazzy vibey kind of yep. yep. stuff, right? Yep. And I was like, you know what? Um, I got house with me, but I'm just going to fuck around. And I'm just going to just, you know, play, just, I'm just going to go in different directions. I'm going to take you on a series of like right turns. So I did. And I started off with like, I blended off of his stuff and was doing like disco, uh, like new disco, like some Dave Lee um, released uh, stuff. And then I just went into old disco and then I started playing some obscure um, R&B. And then I started going into like 90s um, R&B, 80s R&B. I started playing like like 80s electro. And every time I was playing something, what was dope was the feedback I was getting immediately from the crowd of people. Because I would, like, throw something that was, like... People were like, fuck, I haven't heard that since I used to go roller skating at the roller garden in, like, 87, you know? And they were like, man, this is fucking dope. And it's like, every record I kept playing was, like... It just kept getting the room hype. And finally, like, I got to, like, a point where I just decided, all right, I'm just gonna, you know, mess with my chops that I've been working on, like, for scratching and stuff. And the same kind of thing. It's, like, my technique was getting better and better, but because of the fact that I'm not, um, I'm not sitting on it all the time and going, okay, well, you know, I can't do this because this isn't a hip hop thing, or I can't do this because this is a house thing or whatever. It's like, no, if if I, if I'm working on a skill, I want to find a way to apply it and include it. And that's only going to make me a better, more complete DJ. So again, I I don't feel like even if there's only five people there, it, it could be one person there. And I'm not gonna phone it in just because there's one person, or the dance floor just got cleared because everyone's out in the bar getting a drink and they're out of the the ballroom or whatever. It's like no, like play as if you know everybody is there, and it's amazing because sometimes that can be like the siren song that brings everybody you know to you because they go, "What the fuck's going on over there?" It sounds like really live, and they open up the door and they poke their head in. And there's like nobody, or there's one person. You know, in the corner dancing or whatever, They go, hey, hey everybody, come, up, come over here. Check this shit out. It was like a DJ night. We didn't even know about this. And then they start flooding the room. And then eventually, you know, that room is packed. And, you know, everyone had a, an amazing time. And people are like, complimenting you on the music afterwards. And saying, man, that was, like, that was a great set. I really liked your selection. You played stuff that I haven't heard in a long time. But you also played stuff I've never heard. And I just, I really appreciated the fact that you you, like, you gave, like, a solid effort. Because I see some DJs that do this, I see some rappers that do this, um, where I, I even see dancers that do this, where they'll go to a place, you know, they get flown out someplace, and they feel like the the scene or the place is beneath them. So they don't really they don't really socialize. They don't really get down. They're just like, all right, I'm gonna do my judge thing. I'm gonna get my bag. I'm gonna get the fuck out of here. Where's the after party? Or you know. Who are the good dancers here? I'm only going to talk with them. You know, fuck the rest of these clowns, that kind of shit, right? And I feel like that's very dismissive and disrespectful. Um, I mean, be be real about it, too. Like, if you're around a bunch of people that don't... It's like a fresh scene. You know, don't stand there and, you know, also expect, you know, like, everyone to have, like, this high bar kind of, you know, level and enthusiasm because they might all be beginners, and that's cool. You know, just you say, okay, cool. You know, I guess I'm the... I'm the senior in the high school, right? So well, it makes so, your job easier if you're a judge. Yeah. Cause then, it, then it means that you can kind of set the trend. And maybe if you go out there and you do your judges showcase and you just fucking blow doors off of your, uh, your go out, everyone goes, God damn, that made such an impression on me that all I did was I wanted to be like you. I wanted to dance like you. So I trained really, really, really super hard. I was kind of doing it, but you're, you're round or you're set. Or even if it was like a, uh, what 's it called um uh like a showcase battle or something like that that inspired me, and those are the things that really have they they make a a bigger impact I think than simply like you know you won this thing that was amongst your peers and it's you know all the the great people that are out there so you know i I agree with you man it's like don't don't phone your shit in you know you gotta you got a service to to provide with your art. And if you can do some stuff that's like soul satisfying for you, but it's also inspiring and uplifting for other people, then that's where that real balance is. But if you're doing shit strictly for the crowd, but you fucking hate it and you know, case in point, um, when we were out at that, uh, that thing uh, a couple weekends back, uh, or at the ice house, right. Of the three DJs, I'm I'm not going to shit on them too hard, but the, uh, the uh, cuz it was like a it was like a training celebration and um, the lady dj she was crushing she was like really like even even if she wasn't like technically like superior as far as like blends and things like that her her curation her song selection how she kept the crowd going she was really good i was like yo this chick is check its fire but then there was that other guy that was like spending more time fucking around jumping around his his decks than focusing on his job and you were watching him and he's grabbing the mic and he's like "Turn me up, turn me up, turn me up." And he's was the guy with the hat, the red hat. Uh the he was like the more light-skinned kind of guy. Uh he was the cat with the the sunglasses. Yeah, with the hat and, and he had the microphone. Yeah. And then and then there was that other dude too who came in and obviously he struck me as like he wasn't used to this setup. And he was trying to play and I think he only did like 3 tracks and then tapped out, right? And he was that guy that had, like, the Trini flag, like, on his shoulders when he walked up oh. there and stuff. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's the kind of shit I'm saying is, like, if you – even if you don't know how to use something, so, let's say I'm a DJ that's never seen virtual DJ before. And the guy's like, hey, man, I'm really sorry my controller broke, so we're going to have to do this with a mouse. And you're going to have to just select songs and try to blend with a mouse. Do you think you can do that? Because I don't have CDJs or anything. And you were put on the bill. You know, you, yeah, this is a nice little challenge. You know, challenge accepted. I'm I'm willing to fuck around with this. And maybe you figure out some cool stuff because you were so game to go into it and try something that was completely like, you know... I mean, you may as well be like trying to mix with like a pocket calculator, right? You're just like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? But maybe you figured out a way to just say, you know what, I'm just going to needle drop songs. I'm just going to put bangers in there and just fucking needle drop this shit. I'm not going to worry about the sweet science of blending and mixing because I don't have access to knobs and faders. And then people go, man, you rock that fucking, that party. And you were like, yeah, because I was using duct tape and bubble gum. Yeah,
1: because people, they don't really remember, unless they're a DJ themselves, they don't really remember how you blended mm-hmm. or how you mix something. They remember the tracks you played. Yeah, And, you know, like, for me, I'm not the best mixer or blender mm-hmm. around. I have my days, mm-hmm. but... I know that I'm going to play fucking tracks that will yeah. make people dance or yep. at least, like, make people feel good. If yeah. they're not dancing, yeah, there's some DJs that take offense when no one's dancing. Mm-hmm. I don't really care. Yeah. I'm like, look, as long as they're in the room, yeah. that's cool with me. Mm-hmm. If they just want to listen, that's fine because I'm like that too. Yeah. Sometimes it can be a fire-ass track, but I just don't feel like dancing. Yeah. I just want to hear the music. I just right. want to listen to it and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You know? and it's one thing if no one's in the room. Mm-hmm. That's where it's like, fuck. Because yeah. nobody likes what you play. Yeah. You know, But... Again, like for the most part, people don't really give a fuck about how you blend and mix. I mean right. Jeff Swift, that's one thing I, I told him when he was first starting to ask me to spin for house proud, he was uh-huh. like I was like, Shit, dude, I gotta practice on my blends and my mix. He's like, It's all good, no worries. You play good music. Yeah. Like your your track selections are fire. Right. right. Like you're fine.
2: I mean, cool Herc. Like people when they reminisce about oh, that shit. He's a shitty DJ. Yeah. He, he
1: like but he plays fucking phenomenal tracks. Right.
2: And it, it wasn't until guys like theodore and flash and people like that came in that started blending yeah. what was the disco shit that was being done in um downtown yeah but up to that point you know even Herc was just needle dropping yeah he was just taking like well, breaks and just breaks and breaks, dude, and breaks and breaks i
1: saw him perform at freesaw session mm-hmm. um i think it was like 13 mm-hmm. i was like me and stepchild we were there we mm-hmm. ended up getting like vip mm-hmm. passes or whatever right. for it you're like, oh yeah, let's listen to a cool Herc spin. Mm-hmm. I was like, this guy does not fucking blend or mix. Right. He just literally hits stop and then presses play. Yeah, and I'm like, fuck, you know, from coming from like a DJ mindset, that annoys the shit out of me. But right. at the end of the day, they were good tracks. Yeah, you know, and yeah. people were dancing, and I was still dancing. Like I might have gone thrown off when he hit stop mm-hmm. and
2: played play the next track, but at the right. end of the day, still a good track. Right, which also makes sense when you look at like the evolution of the dance right because you started noticing that the more savvy the djs became the longer and the more articulate the dance started to become it wasn't just the go off anymore right it wasn't the boy yo yoing it wasn't just the you know you get up and you do kind of some tops and then hit the ground and really sporadically do some foot or some kickouts uh and uh like cc's and shit it's like now it's like wait no the beat the, the break isn't stopping Fuck, I gotta come up with more shit. You know, I gotta I gotta keep a run on sentence now. And then I have to have like a whole like, you know, beginning, middle, and end to kind of finalize my my point. Mm-hmm. So it's like that's that's the cool shit. Because then you can kind of see too that even um even some DJs that don't have like any any skill set yet, but they got great track selection, they can rock a crowd. And then Maybe if they're serious about their craft and they, they do step to you and they say, hey, listen, you know, um, I mean, I, I know how to play, you know, a lot of stuff like a lot of bangers for, you know, people and they're having a good time. But they're also, you know, shit faced and, you know, they, they just they hear in the song and they're like, oh, you know, but I really want to like learn the sweet science of how to like mix this stuff together because I saw you doing some stuff that I don't understand and I would really like to learn. And you're like, yeah, yeah, cool. You know, and then that's how that exchange happens. And then now they're, they're only going to get better. And you're like, man, I can't wait until you go out and really start, you know, crushing. Cause it's like, we've seen all the amateur DJs. Um, I kind of th- treat them like fighters where they've got like a, they've got like one punch. That's their shit. Right. And you're like, just wait until they know how to, you know, team their left up with their right. Just wait until their overhand is going to be just as devastating as their uppercut. And then pretty soon they become a complete fighter. And then you're like, now, you know, you're, you're able to go into every situation and not just like rock the stuff for like the locals in this bar or this spot or this place, but you're able to travel and play in every room. And like, um, I remember, I remember like, uh, really good example of that is like, I knew that I wanted to get better at scratching, not for the sake of being a turntablist, um, but more for the sense of I could just feel times where I wanted to put something in that wasn't just a blend, right? Like, I love blending music, and that's that was what I did first. That was, like, my real passion was being able to, like, take two tracks and put them together where they were seamless and then make it... And people were, like, trying to Shazam it, and then all of a sudden they get frustrated. They go, fuck, that must have been a blend because it kept pointing me at this one version of the song, but it didn't have the bongos and the congas that you blended it in there. And I said, yeah, cause it was like one of the first guys that really taught me the, um, he didn't, he didn't teach me in like the conventional sense. He didn't like sit down and like explain it all to me, but the way that CoFlow, flow, I watched him when he came in and he jumped in on that set just for a half hour when we still had, uh, or when I had the, uh, partnership with, uh, uh Kirkabee, um, at, um, uh, the, yeah, uh, the housewarming and Co came in and, you know, he only just jumped in for a half hour, and also he gave me a bunch of music. And then he was, and I was just watching him, and I was watching how he's utilizing loops, because I knew about loops in Record but I was like, oh, so I was seeing like that 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 seamless yellow bar that was either like an eight or a sixteen or even a thirty-two, and I'm watching him and I'm just like seeing him blend, and I'm going, "Fuck, man, I need to, I need to get on this." So I just started completely focusing on that and then that really helped with my transitions because i wasn't when i originally was spinning house i was spinning house like a brakes dj i was like kind of chopping into the next track right like really hard and now i could you know subtly put the two together and let the beat ride for a while and get a groove going and then transition over the other especially when i learned um how to eq properly but then i started to say okay well now that i got that skill set I have like a feeling sometimes where I think like a really good like cut would just be something to add to this because I don't want to just make the song play as it originally goes. I want to put some kind of a signature or a stamp onto it. And some of my favorite mixes that I ever heard were ones where like you would listen to, you know, Grandmaster Flash and the way that he was cutting on that record was dope because... You know, and, and this is a thing for some people that maybe don't understand it, um, but, like, that's what what a real mixtape was. A real mixtape was, like, you got songs that maybe you helped produce, but then if you have a mixtape, you're it's just you doing a DJ set where you're blending all this shit together. And then now you figure out a way to put a signature to it. You know, Grandmaster Flash or Grand Wizard Theodore or Callie Kings and Baker Boys or... Scratch Pickles or any number of, of DJs, uh, Z-Trip, you know they would find a way to say, all right, I'm going to take these, these records and put them together, but I'm going to put something to it so it's not just me transitioning from one record to the next, to the next, to the next. Because that's just, it's a glorified playlist at that point. So as a DJ, you're going to be like, you know what I want to I do is, I just want to take this one guitar stab from the ZZ Top record and I'm going to fucking just start chopping into this other Tupac track. And I'm just going to cut and just fuck around for like five minutes on that shit. And people are just getting into like a vibe with it. And then finally, then you transition over to a big pun record. And go, oh, fuck, you know, and then they, they start bugging out. So I was thinking about that sensibility and saying that the only thing that this is going to help me do is it's going to improve my versatility. And it's going to make me a more complete DJ, much the same way I always feel like I'm like chasing tie in that sense. Cause it's like he he can do it all, you know, and that's what I really admire and respect about him. That's why I'm like I'm a, I'm a hawk. Like when I watch him play, I fucking I like I'll sit on his his damn shoulder and just watch what he's doing. And sometimes he'll be like looking at me, kind of like, "Why are you bringing down my neck, dog?" <laughs> I'm just like, "Cause I'm trying to learn your I'm trying to learn your your secrets here." And um, he'll simply say, Get the fuck away from yeah. me <laughs> Well, I mean, shit, I even had that happen one time with another DJ when he was uh he, he was cutting and I was sitting there and I was just watching him and then all of a sudden he turns around and he goes, Hey, do you mind like getting out from behind the, the booth? And I was just like, Oh shit, my bad Because um sometimes, you know, some DJs they wanna have like that elbow room and that space and stuff and I wasn't doing anything nefarious from that. You know, I was just like simply just watching their technique it's kind of the way that you might you know cipher with a person but sometimes you just watch them dance Mm. and say okay i don't want to interact with you i just want to see how you move yeah and just you know you want to observe right and some people don't like that because then they feel like oh what are you performing you know you're or you're biting my shit or are you judging me is that why you're not getting down is because you're sitting there with your arms crossed looking at me going you know you ain't shit or other people will will understand and they'll say, "Oh no, you're you're kind of taking notes," and I'm I'm cool with that. I don't care. Take as many notes because if it makes you a better dancer or better DJ or better MC or whatever, I'm with it. But I think that sometimes uh, some folks they have different mentalities, and you have to respect that. If a person says, "Hey man, you know, can you give me some space?" or you know, I want you to be out there dancing, not just sitting here talking to me about DJing while I'm trying to cut between two records or whatever. So you have to respect where everybody's at. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I mean, I really like am a, I'm a student of this shit because it was something that I always wanted to do. And like we were talking about before, I was talking about it all the time. Mm-hmm. And you were like, get a controller. I'm like, oh, man, I don't know. you're like, bro, it ain't going to happen unless you fucking do it. You That's know? right. And I was just like, you know what? Yeah, I got to bet on myself.
1: You kicked yourself in the balls and you are like, I'm going to go get it.
2: Yep. And then, of course... That was great because now I wasn't just talking about DJing, I was actually asking you specifically questions too. I like I was like, Hey, on, on your, your S B controller, um, does it have the same function as I do on my on my controller? Can you do this and this and this? And you're like, Yeah, yeah, I think so. Or you're you're honest. You're like, I never I never mess with the loops like that. I always use the the pads, mm. you know, and stuff like that. Yeah, still
1: do. Yeah. Well every now and then I'll I'll do loops and mm-hmm. whatnot, but yeah, you know, I came from like a brakes yeah. background. We we just like hard cutting that shit, mm-hmm. or and it's very seldom that we do blend, right? Unless it was like a track, the BPMs lined up mm-hmm. or the tempo, it just made so much sense yeah. for it to just blend it in.
2: I haven't spun breaks in a minute. Yeah, and and that's I like doing that. Like lately, I've been spinning a lot more um, hip hop and '90s and breaks because the cool part about that skill is that you can cross genre. And like with house, it's really difficult if you've got like a four to the four, four to the floor beat. And then all of a sudden you want to mix something that's like drastically a different, uh, tempo. Um, because you're so used to like this, like kind of segue to go like, all right, well if it's within somewhat of a range, I'll just, you know, I'll pitch it up or I'll pitch it down or I'll find this one part where there's like maybe like a quick little interlude or whatever. And then I can transition or I can echo out or whatever, but with breaks and, um, just like you know, conventional hip hop and '90s um, like R and B and dance music, just just like all like all over the board kind of stuff. Um, you have to utilize like really knowing a song because you say, yeah. okay, I can't blend this song with this Mariah Carey album um, cleanly. So what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to take like the part where she hits that high falsetto, and as this song is playing. I'm gonna start cutting, and like you're gonna hear like kind of almost like a, a taste mm-hmm. of Mariah Carey's voice, but you don't really know what it is yet. It just sounds like a chirp, yeah. and then finally, boom! And then she hits her note, and then the part drops, or you know, it could be the real like pivotal opening of a song. You know, it's yeah. just something where you know you could be thrown in like Black Sheep uh, with uh, the choice is yours, mm-hmm. and. Which is like the easiest one to always blend in. Yeah, because all you just have to do is engine, engine, yeah, number nine. Exactly. You know? But it's like, and then, and then once you get good at your chops, now it's not about just like playing the record from beginning to middle to end and then transitioning to the next thing. It's like now you might only want to play the last third of that record.
1: Well, even then in what breaks it's the hardest part about spinning breaks is if you're actually doing a competition itself. Cause mm-hmm. now you got to pay attention to the dancers. Mm-hmm. Cause if it's one thing that B boys and B girls do not like, uh, is when it, when a breaks DJ cuts in the middle of their set. Yeah. Yep. Cause that's where it just gets all fucked up. And then, uh-huh. and then, and, you know, they could have, it could have been like a rocking ass jam, mm-hmm. but that's always like the number one complaint that a lot of b boys right. have is like this motherfucker cut in the middle of my set. It, they could have won the jam, but that's one thing they'll refer back to. Is like this no. fucker cut in the middle of right. my set.
2: Because and and I know I know why uh, it happens because sometimes well you mess with their flow. You well you mess with their flow, but also it, let, let's say for instance we're throwing a jam, right? Um, there's a reason because we know the, the the historical significance, even in in the jam culture, we know the significance and the importance of having a good breaks DJ to uh, play the jam because there'll be a lot of other DJs that are out there that are hip hop DJs right like they and they and they fucking you know just they still wear you know they dress like they're in like the 90s paradigm they're wearing you know like Timberlands and you know they got dreadlocks and they got a big old puffy ass uh, Sean John coat or whatever then like you know fucking Swisher Sweet up in their their ear or whatever and but that guy was around like rap culture not breaking culture or maybe he like the taste of it that he had was like yo I used to be a b-boy back in the day and you fucking wore a track suit in the 80s and learn how to do head spins yeah. and then but once rap kicked off then he just got into that shit and um and djs are the same way sometimes so they might have like really good like boom bap but if it's the middle of, of a jam you don't always want to play boom bap because it's slower it's a slower pace so if you have like really like hype breaks that you can throw at people and give each person's round the call and the response because it's you're you're it's almost like a it's like a debate right where the subject is all right we're going to talk about um, immigration right you don't wait for the first person to say their thing and then like just as soon as the other person's about to respond it's like we don't have enough time uh, let's go on to um uh you know world hunger. You're like well i didn't get a chance to say my my shit it's like, yeah, but world hunger what's your stance you know and that's like that fucking uh, like those like shitty ass uh, um, uh TV shows you know where it 's like the split screen and two people have to resolve all the world 's problems in like three minutes <laughs> you know it's like that's not a real legitimate uh kind of a debate right, and breakers will tell you this shit you know when they 're dancing, and all of a sudden you cut them off in. You know, when they're about ready to, like, you know, say something with that song and that movement, and then all of a sudden you fucking go ahead and you chop into, you know, some other bullshit, they're going to be like, motherfucker, like, I was just about ready to make my point.
1: Yeah, it fucks up their flow.
2: And it, yeah. And then um, we've also seen it the other way, too, where sometimes breaks DJs, it, they have difficulties rocking parties because they're so used to the competition and keeping that song or that break, uh, continuous for a long period of time. And they can do that all the live long day, but they don't know how to get like the non,
1: well, they don't you know are not, uh, social.
2: Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> um,
1: I think if it came down to between breaks and boom bap, mm-hmm. I always choose boom bap mm-hmm. in regards to like what hypes me up the most. Mm-hmm. Um, the breaks today doesn't really hype me up. They all sound the same. Yeah. Uh, which is you know it's nothing against the producers like they mm-hmm. have to do what they have to do because mm-hmm. of copyright laws and all that shit. Right. But the breaks from like like the disco breaks mm-hmm. and all that shit like that shit fucking like DJ Lisi like that yeah. shit fucking hypes me mm-hmm. the hell up. Yep. Uh, but other than that, if I but I if I truly had to pick, it'd be Boom Bap. Yeah. Because Boom Bap, there's so many things that you could play with. Right. You know, breaks. You're just listening to the beat, right. waiting for the beat, You're anticipating it. Yep. Boom Bap. You don't just have the beat, but you have the lyrics. Yeah. Now, if you're a if you're a student of hip hop mm-hmm. music, yep, that should be a piece of fucking cake. Yep, you know, especially if they play like, for example, what's the scenario? Right. If they play one and they play what's the scenario remix, mm-hmm. it's fucking on, man. Yeah. Like we're gonna be yep. fucking around with the lyrics. Yep. You know. Yep. Th- like you're gonna be hitting. You're gonna be stabbing to to the lyrics. You're gonna be you know doing freezes. Whatever mm-hmm. it is, power moves like. Yep. And I've noticed too from some of the jams that I've seen recent wa- uh, breaking jams that I've watched recently, mm-hmm. the crowd is way more hype right. when Boom Bap gets played. Yeah, because it's like it's it's nostalgic. Yeah, in a sense. Yep. You know, and then especially when they played during the, like the forty and up battle, uh-huh. like everyone gets fucking yeah mad because they're like, oh yep. shit, Reminds gonna really wreck this right now, right? You know, or Crumbs and mm-hmm. Mikey Ice, they're really gonna
2: wreck this shit. Right. You know, and so and. And two to add to that, there's also other times that maybe you'll even know, um, depending on the track. There's certain tracks where you know that the instrumental is going to be better than the lyric version. Like you're going to play the instrumental um, simply because of the fact that, um, not this was a, this was another this was it was common because this is just what pop music does, right? Even rap in the '90s had like rap pop. Right, even even if it was a boom bap record, like legitimate boom rap, like you know, stamp it and you know, package it and sell it, there would still be like for every great record, there'd be like five or six kind of mediocre. They were iconic, you know, for the time and stuff. But when you actually listen to them, you're like, these guys are trying to sound sound too much like the Fushnickens right? Mm -hmm. These guys, they the the song was fucking great, the sample was great, but the lyrics were just whack, like um. And I, I don't mean this to diss him, but just the way that he was trying to rhyme—it was kind of ironic. Because uh, you remember uh, Divine Styler uh, saying nothing. Mm. That's that's the the beat that's got that boop 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 mm-hmm. Boop, mm-hmm. boop boop. boop. Mm-hmm. That that thing when you listen to him rhyme, he's not saying anything. He just like he he has a flow. Like there's a cadence in his voice. There's a bounce. But his lyrics were not up to point, in my opinion. He was just talking kind of just like nonsense, right? He was just like, you know, uh, something, something, something. And he, and he, and he was like, talking that, but saying nothing. And it was like, and you listen to it, and you're kind of like, okay. But now if you were to put, say, like somebody like Q-Tip on, on that beat, right? Or the same thing happened to a lot of Jay Dilla tracks, right? Where the Dilla track was fire, but the people that he gave to uh, that record to, to say, okay, do something with this, they didn't really they weren't they weren't playing at that speed. And there's other times where the 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 music was so good that it actually enhanced your lyrics. Maybe you went back to the drawing board and said, "All right, this was my first draft, but you know what? This is a Dilla record, so I'm going to fucking go a little bit harder." And I think that happened a lot with Common, you know, was like Common, you know, he was an okay MC, but he really fucking like hit a good flow and a stride when he was doing all this shit with Dilla.
1: Common Common is honestly Just an OKMC period Right It's the music It's the mm-hmm. It's the track that yeah. fucking Like you said That just amplifies right. his shit. Because like you listen To his lyrics They're like whatever mm-hmm. You know like he's okay mm-hmm. When I think of Common I think of The tracks But I think of the beat More than yeah. anything And then yep. I think of His like his random ass Windmills that he'll throw Every now and then <laughs> Yeah you know, like but, but that's all I think about Right like, Don't get me wrong He's like one of my Favorite artists Right because of his beats, right? <laughs> like is he has some good fucking records, right?
2: But then it's like then you listen to a guy like Large Professor, right? Oh, large Professor, and the you shit. go, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah, right. Fuck you up. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like the lyrics alone, or Big Daddy Kane. You know, the yeah. lyrics alone, and then and then the beat, and, and then the like, beat, like, and yeah. um. Another another good uh, break that I always liked. Um, that you could do you could do either or. It's interchangeable. You could either do it as an instrumental, or you could have the lyrics to it, which uh, Ice uh, Ice T's New Jack City. Mm. You know that's a fucking hard record. So if you play that shit in a battle, I mean you are gonna fucking just break that dance floor. You know and there, cats are gonna snap.
1: There's one track that will. I've never gotten in a battle, but I swear if I ever decide to just randomly, out of the blue, enter a breaking battle and mm-hmm. this track was played for me, mm-hmm. I will do the best I can. Mm-hmm. I won't say I won't fuck the next person up, but mm-hmm. I'll do the best I can. Cause, yeah. And it's uh, Can I Get Opened by Original Flavor. Okay. It's like literally before Jay-Z became Jay-Z. Yeah. Because he was the last guy that was rapping in that track. And yep. Yep. It always fucking amps me if I listen mm-hmm. to it all the time whenever I'm working out. Right, like that shit is just such a good fucking track. Yeah,
2: that I'm probably gonna put it in the intro of this episode. Yeah, and the outro because I fucking love it. And and those like when you go back and you even when you listen to um, a lot of a lot of the old uh, one of my favorite documentaries because I'm, I'm a big documentary buff as well. Um, but uh, Stretch and Bobito had a, a yeah. documentary mm-hmm. and. What was dope about that doc was that they were showing like a lot of uh, footage of everybody before they became moguls because they they all started that's how they kind of got like debuted like people knew you around Brooklyn or knew you around the Bronx or knew that you you know rocked it at the Palladium or this place or that place or Danceteria. but then if you got on Stretch and Bob that's like you've arrived now everyone's trying to sign you right and all it took was just you busting. You know, uh, a freestyle, or even if you had verses, right? You had bars that were already like preset, and you would listen to like Das Effects, you know, or Helta Skelter, or like, you know, um, uh, when fucking Far Side came over, and you know, and Hieroglyphics, and people like that, and people were like, "Yo, man, these guys out on the Bay are doing this shit." Okay, dope. What's up? And um, I remember listening to Jay Z when um, when that was the like. That was that was like the the kind of he was like one of the guys that was like the next to be called up to the big leagues right, and then shortly thereafter was the first time that I actually heard him on like a like a a professional record was just his his kind of it wasn't even like a verse well I mean there was a verse in there but he kind of did like the hook for um, Foxy Brown for um, I'll be Mm -hmm. uh, I'll be good and I was kind of like. Uh, but you know his shit from Stretch and Bob was like better. I don't know, right? I still like Jay-Z. Yeah. I
1: think his shit's still fucking fire cuz he's one I just I, don't know, I I like the way he raps. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's dope. He's mm-hmm. had he's had a few hits obviously. I mean, everyone knows
2: Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. Um and I also admire his business antics too. Oh well, yeah. So I'm like well, he's dude's fucking smart. And that, and that's that's the thing, right? Is like you can Like, um, I kind of look at the way that Jay-Z rhymes kind of reminds me of, like, somebody like Chuck Berry, right? Like, Chuck Berry's always going to play like Chuck Berry. He's not going to change. He's not going to all of a sudden go into some fucking experimental thing and do a completely different new thing it's like he's always going to play the way that he plays right. and that's what you're you're paying to see right you're paying to right. see him do that and you're paying to see him kind of do his cadence or his style so when jay-z gets on the mic he's like it's your boy it's your man you know and yeah. all that shit it's like okay i mean the guy you know? was on a lincoln
1: park track yeah you know and he it, was on a lincoln park record right and he's still fucking right like he still
2: sounds like jay-z and mm-hmm. just does his thing and 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 sometimes even like you know um all respect as i know like everybody's been joking about it and shit in one way or another but you know i can't knock andre 3000 for going into what was like i'm surprised he just, he didn't fucking do this shit back when he was wearing a turban right mm. making a flute album yeah like a like a new wave or a new age flute album oh, everyone's just it's like
1: it's fucking hilarious yeah
2: and it's like and guess what it, it's like on one side it's almost the ultimate troll He's like, I can just fucking make a flute album, and it's gonna. Everyone's gonna want to listen to it. Even yeah. people are gonna make fun of me, make memes and everything. He's like, guess what? It's the fucking. Well, you made him. You made yeah. him
1: relevant, <laughs> right? If, you made. If him- there was a point to where he was gonna be irrelevant, right? Just fucking backfired. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Exactly. You know, it's it's kind of the same shit as like, you know, like Miley Cyrus going down like the bad girl route and sticking her tongue out of her face like Scooby Doo. Everybody wanted to buy her albums and shit. And yeah. it's like, there you go. She got paid. You know, she went from Hannah Montana to grinding on, I mean, um, call
1: whatever you want,
2: man. Selling yeah. your soul to the devil, whatever like, the fuck it is. Like that person at the end of the day got paid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and there'll be those times where some people are very like actualized with their shit. There's like method to their madness. They say, okay, well I'm doing this because it's going to give me the fuck you money to be able to have escape velocity to do whatever I want to do after. And then there's other times where a person maybe um, some people are very like subversive. They know how to st- They go. I'm going to make the pop record that everyone's going to hear the motherfuckers and the bitches and the hoes and the money and the you know all that shit. But I'm going to slide some some consciousness like under the door that you didn't realize. Or the other way, where they just go, you know what? This is. I'm not going to compromise my artistic integrity. So this is what you're going to get. This is going to be the low-end theory. We're not going to fucking turn it around and say, okay, we're going to talk about pushing keys and uh, shooting people and, you know, all that kind of stuff. While everybody else, The Chronic had already uh, or was just about to come out or did come out, um, and people were like, you know, hey, Tribe, how come you're not going down that? Like there's there's like these roughneck uh, New York-style things too. Why don't you shave your guys' heads and wear Tim's and fucking talk about, you know, you know, capping people and shit. They're just like, cause we're not those dudes. We're fucking, we're hippies. We're into jazz. We're into ambient experimental mm-hmm. shit, but we also know how to rock a crowd and we know how to rhyme. Yeah. So we're going to do our shit our way. So at, at the end of the day, it's like, you can, all you have to do is find your way, you know? Mm-hmm. And then at that point, if you feel like you've got the ability and the chops kind of like with me, with like what I was saying about DJing, um, I wasn't going to sit here and try to do cuts and flares and crabs and all kinds of like, like uh, um, transistors and all kinds of shit like that or transformers. I mean um, when I'm playing a flow state or a house proud gig, if I wasn't a hundred percent confident in, you know, my shit, like if I practiced it and I, and I feel real comfortable with it, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going I'm to start scratching fresh over, you know, this beat or whatever. But, at the same time, um, once I got to a place where I I had that within my arsenal, it would fuck people's heads up because then they would look over and they would go, "Were you scratching?" I'm like, "Uh huh," and they're like, "I didn't know you could scratch." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I've been practicing for like the last like year intensely, but like the last couple years." And they're just kind of like, "Oh shit, okay, cool. You know, I'm I'm with this. I was, I'm fucking with that. That was like rhythmic. I like that. I, I like that you just didn't scratch just for the sake of." Scratching, because that's also what you lose in things like turntablism is that you get so out there that you forget to keep it rhythmic, mm. and now you're doing some crazy experimental thing, but all of a sudden you're off beat, and you know, and and and, you, and we we've seen that shit, you know, like the old uh, competitions when they would be beat juggling and shit, and if you weren't like in the pocket, you would start to notice it would start to unravel part way through. And now, yeah, they're they're hitting the fader with like their bottom lip, or they're using their elbow to, you know, do all this other shit, shit or the spinning behind the back and picking up their leg and stuff, and they're doing the tricks. But then now the beat is like, it's it's starting to like uh, it's starting to unravel. And then there's like other DJs that are just like they don't do all the crazy shit, but you're just watching them, and they're they're cutting between breaks without any kind of like you you would almost assume that this was all like pre-recorded on like a, a wave file that's how like perfect and seamless it is. And people love that shit. They love it when you keep that shit like really nice and consistent. And like, there's a good flow. You don't like lose any chunks on the dance floor when people are trying to dance. And all of a sudden a DJ fucks up and does something, you know, they, they misjudge the beat or, you know, they're trying to do some sloppy transition and everything. And then it kind of kills the, the vibe on the dance floor. So, um, and also, you know, knowing how to have those backup plans. If you do fuck up, maybe you lose a rhythm And I love watching Ty do that. Where I'll watch him, and he starts scratching, and maybe he hadn't practiced in a while, and I'll notice he's got like a really good like rhythmic cut going, and then he'll fuck up someplace, and then I'll just watch him do like an effect, like an echo and a back, uh, like a backspin on that record, and then switch over to the other record, and then start doing some other shit. And I'm like, yo, that's so fucking dope. Just watching him, just kind of like go. All right, I, I I have to chuck this idea. I can't keep playing in this sandbox. I'll just watch him move. But when he moves, it's seamless. And then other people would be like, Oh my God, you know, I just I didn't know that you could uh, you could do that. That was like so intentional. He goes, No, actually I was I was fucked up. I, I I messed up on that record. I was, you know, trying to do something and I couldn't get it or my fingers weren't warmed up yet, so I couldn't, you know, hit the fader the way I wanted to. Mm-hmm. But he's always got a backup plan and an exit strategy. Yeah. And that's the shit that I really respect. And MCs you know, that know how to do that shit too. And they say, yo, man, um, I said everything I needed to say when I was 20. And I had a head full of steam. And I was pissed off about the world or about this. Or you know there was these issues or whatever. It's like, now I'm, I'm good. I got a multi-million dollar home. All my kids go to private school. You know, I, I don't live in the boogie down anymore. Um, I set up nonprofit organizations for you know people from my neighborhood and shit. I'm, I'm good. I don't need to write the next great American rap record, mm-hmm. you know. And then there's other people that still sometimes have like that feeling. They go, you know, I'm always going to be an MC. So if I got something to say and i I feel it and I'm moved to do it, then I'll do it. Just go with the vibe. Exactly. So. Let's wrap up. Let's wrap up.
1: Okay. So uh, first of all, shout out to Magnolia. Uh, she just got married, I think. Oh, Mazeltov. Yeah. Did uh, not know that. Congratulations. Uh, uh, her and her uh, Josh, I think, uh, mm-hmm. got married. Uh, I saw some photos on on uh, social media. Okay. Like,
2: oh, okay. All right. Cool. Cool. Um, flow state. Flow state. Um, over at the uh, the Rock Music Lounge in uh, Saint Paul. It's going to be uh, right off of West Seventh, right in front of Schmidt Artist Loft. So everybody that's going to be in that area or knows that area, it's like a little eatery that's like directly in front of the Schmidt building, like where the big sign is, the light sign. Mm-hmm. So um, yep, um, we're going to be uh, spinning out there as Flow State. So it'll be the triumphant return of all three of us, uh, Tiberius, Ozzy, and myself, and that will be um, eight PM to, uh, or I'm sorry, nine nine to two. I think it's nine to two. I'm pretty sure it's nine to two. Hold on a second. Let me just double check here. So, um, but um, da 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 da. I'm sorry, here, folks, for keeping you. Ozzy, fill in the blanks as I look for this, please. <laughs> uh, I'm teaching
1: this Friday and house session as well. So at the workroom, um, the class will be from seven fifteen. I'm sorry. 7:15. Um 7:30 to 8:30 p.m. Okay. So that's like a $15 cover. Mm-hmm. Uh it's best to go through the app when booking. Otherwise, you could, I think you just pay there. Um and then after that it will be followed by a free house session which will go from 8:30 to 10 p.m. Cool. Cool. So at the workroom this right. Friday.
2: Bet. Um okay, so I got everything uh, up here. So Saturday January 6th, 2024, um all three of us will be uh Uh, catching a vibe here for flow state it's going to be the rock music lounge um, 882 7th street west in st paul 55102 Um, doors are going to be at 8 p.m that's why i was getting my shit all mixed up Uh, doors are going to be at 8 p.m music is going to start at 9 and we're going to go until 2 a.m it's five dollar cash cover uh, 21 plus so everybody if you can please uh, make it out come out and support spread the word bring people you know, um, we're just gonna we're gonna get silly. We're just gonna have a good time, and we're gonna vibe out with some uh, some house music that you might not normally catch, uh, depending on like where you go. Yeah, so,
1: five dollars is cheap as fuck.
2: Yeah, so, so I
1: mean, come on, just come through.
2: Yeah, they got they got uh, drinks out there. They also they have uh, THC seltzers. So if anybody wants to imbibe in uh, something that's gonna help them vibe and dance um, with coordination and abstractions, well then shit, come on out, man. Let's get silly. Yeah, whatever floats your boat. Exactly. So. Alright, um, I mean that's, that's pretty much it for, uh, for me on this end So
1: Cool uh, Well, thank you all for tuning into to another episode of Styles and Riz. Uh, we will talk to you soon Peace, love, and soul Bye bye
0: I'm ripping this microphone Ain't no place like home, ain't no place like home Skate, can I get open? You know it Hey J, can I get open? You know it Hey y'all, can I get open? You know it You wanna fly style? She's you about to the show it. Like, Holy cow, what can you do now? When I flip the style, girls are like ooh chow I'm living dangerous, so now the dangerous Rich and famous kid. When I get poor baby, poor better the barley. Like, beat me, oh please, that's what they all say. You can't get with the kid. No, not the kid. Uh-uh, no, he did Oh, yes, I did. While well, I waxed up, backsides in a jiffy. I know he ain't just front on What you damn skippy? Good God damn, I'ma slam hard with my squad. Uh, good God damn, I'ma scream. Ah, he's a dreamboat when I float. rock on every note. Mean like a horror flick till tomorrow. I am gone. Ghost, peace, sayonara. Yo.